Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole. Um, today, I do not have a guest. I'm going to be talking to you by myself. Um, it's something that I had, had thought about doing a couple weeks ago. Didn't really have a guest a couple weeks ago, so I wasn't sure what to do. And I was like, I need to get comfortable with the idea of doing an episode here and there by myself, um, coming up with a topic. Um, I did not have a topic. That was the week that I missed a few weeks ago. Um, but this week I do have a topic that I want to talk about by myself um, and kind of just see how this works without a person to bounce ideas off of. Um, so the topic that I want to talk about today is depression. Um, I've, I've made some references uh, throughout the episodes, uh, about the fact that I have depression, um, and it's something that has, it's always big for me during the fall, so, um, I want to give you a little bit of my story, and, and then I'm going to talk about, uh, my current state, so, um, to give you an idea of where, where I'm at as far as depression, um, so, I was diagnosed as manic depressive um, in at some point in the fall of 2002, so it's been 20 years since I was diagnosed. I only remember it because it was my senior year. It was the fall of that senior year. Um, by the time that I was diagnosed, I had been depressed mostly on, but on and off, for between four and five years. Um, and so now I've been depressed uh, on and off for 25 years. Um, it is not something that really goes away, goes away. Um, it, it, I struggled taking, figuring out different medicines and different things and seeing, I've seen several therapists. I've been diagnosed um, by think at last count that I can remember it was three different doc three different doctors um which is interesting uh an interesting point of contention because I get a lot of people that get to know me who don't see it at first and they when I you know I'm, I'm fairly open about it I don't think it's something to be ashamed of and I've always kind of been open about it and when I talk to people you know I had aunts and uncles that didn't believe it at first um I don't think my mother father bull prop well i don't know they knew something was wrong but they didn't know what was going on um my in-laws when i was getting when i was meeting my wife like it's been pretty consistent that people don't believe it because everybody has an idea in their head of what manic depression is um i think and and you know if this is uh, sorry this was 20 years ago um the last time i I was, I spoke to a new doctor about it was about 15 years ago. So it's been a while. So I think some of the terminology has changed. I don't know that they use manic depression anymore. Um, I think that they use bipolar and I know there's, I think there's bipolar type one, type two, type three. Um, and so I think what I have falls into that category. Um, I've, I've been always kind of fast and loose with the terminology. Uh, you know, for for a shorthand, I've always said bipolar because people have an idea of that better than manic depression. Um, but I, if I'm being honest, I don't know 
whether it's type one, type two, or type three. Um, it's it's uh, it's normal. It's who I am. It's it eventually becomes your baseline, and you don't and you don't even. It's not that you're not aware of it, but it's it's what I imagine any other thing that isn't the way you were born. I mean, I guess I was probably born this way, but like the first few years, the first 12 to 13 years of, of my life, I wasn't depressed. You know, I think it's something that came on with, with puberty and um, it's possible it's trauma related um, to some extent. Cause I was bullied fairly severely around the time it started, but it's also just possible that that coincides. Um, but it's, it is like I've said. It's it's it is who I am. Um, around the time, so I I was getting fairly straightened out, getting things on track and and figuring things out. And then I met my wife, um, Sarah, who was on a couple months ago. Um, and things have been pretty good since then. And as far as my depression, they, but it has never gone away. Um, and so. I kind of just was like, oh, I can live like this. And and the so I got into the habit of just living with my depression. Um when you have manic depression or bipolar disorder, many people are familiar with the ups and the downs. Um personally, I don't know that this is the the, the case for everybody, but the ups can be really it's almost it's it's like a high it or being drunk it's it's very if nobody gets in your way it's fun um and when i say when if nobody gets in your way because sometimes people who care about you see you acting a bit up or uh manic and will call you out on it because out, out of concern and uh and that really is a shitty that like that's a real easy way to bring you down quick and that's not to blame the people that care about you that is just like that's the truth of it um nobody wants to be called on their shit when they're feeling great uh you want to be noticed when you're feeling shitty unfortunately manic is easier to spot a lot than depressive ultimately it's the manic side becomes you know addictive in its own way and if you can get to the point where you're comfortable with the depressive and you're and the and you're not you know the the depression isn't it's not it just it, it became my baseline so it wasn't that big it didn't seem like that big of a deal um it became easy to justify in order to keep getting the the manic side of things um and if I was not a father, I could probably live very comfortably that way, or as comfortable. Like I could, in I could comfortably in the sense of like functionality wise, I could function. Um, not necessarily in the sense of like it was good for me, comfortable comfortability. Um, you could do that for. I could do that for arguably forever, but at some point in the last year or so i i recognized that it was not a great thing as a father it was not a great thing to 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 have that in going on in front of my son as 
to to an extent where I could help it. You know, obviously, I there is some of this that is beyond my control, but there's some of it that like was me just kind of giving into it. And I say giving into it, meaning like I'm I'm not medicated. Uh, I haven't been medicated in a while. That's it has not been a problem. Um, it's I I I at this point it is it is so subtle that I don't think I need medication even you know um and I have talked to doctors and 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 you know that was a mutual decision um but it wasn't necessarily you know what is healthy for a we'll say like a what's healthy for a 29 year old or whatever single man or even a 29-year-old married man is not necessarily great for a 38-year-old married man with a kid. So ultimately, I needed to make some changes. And so I've been in that process for the last, um, I guess since June, I've been really hardcore working on it. Um, I started exercising. Um, that will help curb a lot of it. It's not a cure for it. It's de- definitely not going to solve the problem altogether, but it, 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 you know, get, getting the right chemical balance and endorphins, um, and dealing with being more physically fit and being more healthy in what I'm taking in food wise, um, has been, has, has evened me out a lot over the last six months. Or I guess it's been a little less than six months, but you get the point. Um, but then uh, there was another side of things that I had to work on that was not physical fitness, and that this was the real hard side. Uh, and I, I kind of mentioned this. I think I, I don't remember if it made it into the episode or not, but in my episode with Wes, where we talked about behavioral health, I mentioned so. For a lack of a better way of putting it, um, if you think about the the character of Gollum and Smeagol in in the Lord of the Rings movies, um, Gollum is is the the bad side. Smeagol is the the former Hobbit who's kind of been corrupted and and but like is the in, the more innocent side. Um, I have an inner monologue when I get depressed that is very similar in that, like, in the in the Lord of the Rings, it's, you know, no one likes you, and, and, uh, and the, it's very bad self-talk, and um, that's where I get, and it's it's been, I genuinely don't remember the beginning of it i would guess that it goes back to about high school because i remember the first couple years of depression uh i blamed everybody else and then at some point it changed inward and i started hating myself so one of the things i've worked on in the last six months in addition to keeping physically fit or getting physically fit and and trying to work on things from that side of things has been not allowing myself negative self-talk and that sounds to to people who have it that might sound impossible and to people who don't really have it that might sound like the easiest thing in the world and it is neither <laughs> it is extremely difficult it's extremely difficult because it is essentially it, it becomes like rote um 
and it becomes it's if you think about the the, the rosary or other prayers things you do as as a habit that you may not even necessarily be aware you know uh you biting your fingernails um other things like that it became that for me so making an effort to not allow myself to do it to not do it became every time it started having to pull my finger out of my fingernail out of my teeth you know, like that kind of thing where i had to literally stop myself and i would get very shortly into it and 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 i i will say this um i've been doing it for at least since july maybe since june i can't remember specifically um i've been working on not allowing myself negative thoughts and it has it has started to get easier in the sense that it is not as immediate my brain wants to go there but it is still it is constant my mom my mom smoked for a few years before I was born, I don't know how long, um, but she stopped when I when she was pre- when she got pregnant with me. She hasn't smoked in thirty eight years, and she told me that she told me she said this as long as I can remember. But even recently, she said this that she still dr- when she's still a smoker in her dreams, and I can understand that because it it feels like I wired my brain at some point became wired this way whether that was natural or you know me doing that in in as a coping thing or whatever and un deprogramming my brain from that has been very difficult there are there were nights in the last six months where so like if i had a it used to be how I would fall asleep was telling myself that I uh, sucked and that I was a piece of shit. And without having that ability to do that, I have, I've had a lot of nights where I've struggled to fall asleep and, and I, you know, I've talked to to my wife about it and, and explained to her what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do and going through. And and I've, you know, I'm, I've just said, like, I, I'm exhausted. Like, it is exhausting. It's like trying to not bite your fingernails or not trying, trying to not do that thing when that thing also is the thing that helps you sleep is borderline impossible, it feels like. And so it just makes it very difficult to, to sleep. So that's what I've been working on. Um... The reason, so yeah, that's that that's what I've been been working on with myself. Um, now I want to I want to transition from talking about that aspect of me to talking about a second piece, which is seasonal depression. Um, my depression has always been the worst in the fall. Um, there are certain triggers that I think that happen, but I think it's also seasonal, um, or, or, or it's compounded by seasonal depression. Um, and I, so it usually starts Labor Day weekend cause that's, uh, my birthday. That is, that is the signal that fall is coming and it's, it has always been this big crisis moment. Um, 
up until the last couple of years. The this year, all summer long, I, I have been feeling as good as I have. I've been as happy as I've ever been, as as I can ever remember being for any extended period of time all summer. And then the fall came, and seasonal depression came with it, and it is different than it has ever been before because seasonal depression compounded with manic depression bipolar whatever is was it it threatened to break me every single year seasonal depression by itself is is this strange separate thing i i would say imagine being deliriously fluish and then getting shit-faced that is seasonal depression mixed with the bipolar disorder and then all of a sudden you get just get shit-faced but you don't have the the flu that's what this has felt like and not necessarily like i mean shit-faced can be good for some people but that's not what i mean um it's just a matter of like there are certain layers of it that aren't there right now but also there's some clarity in the fact that like most of what i'm feeling right now is seasonal depression and so i've wondered for a long time how much was which and now i have this 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 bit of of clarity um ultimately I think that depression has manifested itself in, in a lot of different ways. Um, I have a lot of mental, like mental depression, but I also, and I don't know that, I don't know that so there's a physical component to depression. And I don't mean like, oh, go, go for a run because the runs haven't been helping. Um, working out has not been helping this particular aspect. It's, there's this physical sense of in depression and if you if you it feels like a fog um and i feel it most gray days even during the summer if it was a gray day i would feel it to some extent this summer um but it you know it's this it, it's like a sense of trying to walk through water like everything just feels heavier and and you're like everything feels like more effort um and that has been what i've been feeling and i've always felt that to some extent but i during the fall but it's been mixed with you know golem you know in my head going nobody loves you you're worthless and now it's it is a bit weird one benefit that has always happened during the fall and I was glad to not lose this year is that as a writer as a I have always had more motivation and more inspiration to write in the fall and I did wonder if that would go away if I worked on the regular depression 
but luckily I have been writing quite a bit. I've been able to stay relatively focused when I'm writing um, and keep motivated and inspired, and um, that has been great. Um, that's the benefit of, of, of it for me. I, I am sure in the last six months that I have dealt with some manic episodes, some higher up episodes, I don't know that I can pinpoint them very well. Um, and I think that's a good thing. It probably means that they're not as high up. Um, and I definitely haven't had as low lows, but, um, the reason I wanted to talk about this is this episode comes pretty much dead center in the worst time of the year for me. Um, I've been feeling it every single day for weeks, unfortunately, because I had a cold. You uh, probably can hear my voice a little bit. Um, I had Because I had a cold, I wasn't able to work out for a week or so. That was not helping things. Um, I'm... I'm pretty much back to normal, so I've been able to start working out again, and I do feel a little bit better in that way. But it has it has been really a uh, rough couple weeks um, with just the seasonal depression. It's not a like worrisome rough. It's more like a frustrated rough. It's getting motivated to do anything, feeling enthusiastic has been there but none of the none of the the real toxic parts of it um and this podcast has become something that I look forward to doing every week it has also become something that staying on top of as far as getting guests and doing things has become more difficult in the fall, um, you, you, like I said earlier, I missed an episode a couple weeks ago. Um, I was lucky that last, uh, that two weeks ago, my friend Matthew was able to record two episodes with me in, in, you know, a, a twice, a, a conversation long enough to be two episodes. So that was, that was great. So I could take two weeks. Um, I'm thinking that po- possibly I am going to try to do that going forward have two episodes at a time but i want you to know that if i miss an episode it's uh it's very possible it was it was a combination of scheduling um obviously work everybody's work is always busy um my work has been busy so sometimes i don't have the energy when i get out of work uh the working out has you know it's great but it also means that i get tired earlier so I'm not trying to make excuses. I just want you to know that if I'm not if I miss a week, it's not that I'm giving up on the podcast or anything like that. It's just that ultimately I need to make sure that I'm prioritizing the podcast properly, meaning not just not just that I am yeah, obviously the podcast is important to me, but I also like I need to prioritize some level of quality to it. Um, I think that I I sometimes get too focused on 
putting something out instead of putting something good out. Um, I hope that this episode's not an example of that. Um, it's just that sometimes I worry, I know we live in this world of algorithms and I worry that if I miss an episode, I know when I was doing some YouTube stuff a few years ago, I would get like that too. It's not a great sense. It's not a great thing for, it doesn't work well. It's not super compatible with my mentality um, because I end up putting too much pressure on myself and, and then I end up getting frustrated and, and, and that's not, it's not healthy. So this episode is to genuinely talk about something that I've alluded to a couple times over the last two, three months. Um, but also to kind of, um, just explain so that you understand where I'm coming from uh, if I miss an episode or if, you know, if there's other issues. So I guess I, I didn't mean for this to be like a humorless episode. I've tried to keep some level of humor in each of the, of the episodes. And there are a million stories that I would like to tell. Uh, that I think are funny, and that's I. I will say I have a really dark sense of humor, and part of that has is a coping mechanism. Um, when my I'll I'll talk talk about my dad a little bit because uh, I don't think he listens to the podcast, but he uh, does not like I, I. He has not historically liked the idea of me talking about him in the past, but I'm going to talk about him because it's all good stuff. When I was around the time, around the time that I was um, starting to deal with depression, just coincidentally, my dad was dealing with. Um, he had precancerous uh, colon polyps, and he came home and he he sat my sister down and my sister and I down, and I would have been fourteen ish, and she was like twelve could have been 15 and 13 i don't remember um it would have been around 99 and he told us what was going on they were gonna they weren't cancerous yet but they were precancerous they were gonna get ahead of it they were gonna remove them and it was and and he wasn't worried about it and i sat in probably more like not not knowing what to talk about, not knowing what to say or think. But my sister started crying because she was a little bit younger and it was scary. And my dad's response was, with a big smile, what are you crying about? Miserable bastards like me don't die. And it's uh, it's been... It started something that, you know, I was 14, so I would have expected it. Looking back, you'd think it would have earlier, but that's the moment I, I started thinking about humor as a coping mechanism, especially gallows humor, dark humor. Um, I know we went to some things with him after he had the surgery to get that removed, and when people would ask where he'd been, he would say, I had to have a foot removed from my ass. 
because they had taken a foot of his colon out. So um, the jokes just kept coming, and and I mean, looking back, maybe they aren't the funniest, but at the time, with the amount of tension there was there, it was hysterical to me. My dad has Alzheimer's, and he was diagnosed about four years ago, maybe closer to five years ago. I think four and a half years ago. And my dad, my dad was not the happiest person in the world. Um, he wasn't particularly happy. He was always loving, but then not always happy. And around the time that I met, that I married Sarah and stuff, uh, he started being, he, he just, his demeanor changed a lot. Um, he showed up to more family things. He, he just became more what I would consider like publicly like, um, cuddly, not like cuddly in the physical sense, but in just like a, a little less, uh, bristly. And when he got diagnosed with Alzheimer's in, I guess it was 2018, he, um, at some point uh, in that first year, him and I were joking about it so much. And, and we still joke about it. I mean, every, anytime he forgets to do anything, he blames it on the Alzheimer's. Um, and anytime any of us forget anything, he asks if we've got what he's got. Um, but one point, at one point we were talking and he said, um, and I said to him, you told Sam and I a long time ago that miserable bastards like you didn't die. And I said, and then you got happy. You like you were literally visibly more happy in life. And now you have this thing that's going to kill you given long enough. And he laughed and he said, so it's my fault. <laughs> His fault, meaning. And... Um, and I, and it's, it, it was, it's how we've dealt with it, but the, the humor around it has largely been how I've dealt with my depression too. You know, the darkest thing about me has been the depression with him. It's, we, we've joked about the possibility of him dying. We were joking about it 20 years ago in regards to stuff, you know, just the hypothetical of him dying as an old man someday. He would talk about taking him to the top of the stairs in a wheelchair and dumping him down and being like, thanks, thanks, Dad, for whatever. You know, he, and he would say that. We wouldn't, we never made that joke. That was his joke. Matthew, who was on the show last couple the last two episodes um is a great example i can't think of good good examples um i know that i had a friend die a couple years ago and one i was like i'm gonna leave for the day he was my boss at the time uh, matthew was and he made some joke and it was any like and we had we had known each other for like three months and it was exactly what I needed, but if he had said it to anybody else who had just come over and said that their friend had died, they would have been 
mortified by it. Um, it's, yeah. I want to also point out, when it comes to these kinds of dark humor, I, I, it's not something that, it's not making fun of the the person that's dying or died or anything else. Because I know that people are really uncomfortable with a lot of this. Um, there's, you know, I, I one of my favorite movies of the last few years is Jojo Rabbit, which is a comedy about the Holocaust. Um, and it is not making fun of the Jews and the, the victims of the Holocaust at all, but because there's humor in proximity to that, there's some people who just don't have a taste for that. And I understand that impulse, but the humor within proximity of something, or even humor about something, you have to understand the 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 target of the humor, and and I think that that's an important thing that a lot of people don't get. So I really hope that the few stories that I found funny that I just explained make a little more sense given that um, I obviously don't think that, you know, I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea to laugh about death, but it it helps a lot. Um, it helps to, to be able to look at it, look at death or depression or cancer or Alzheimer's and just kind of like by laughing at it, you're just kind of like giving it the finger, um, not giving the victim of those things, the finger, giving the death itself, the vic the finger. Um, and that has been a really important thing. And it has been how I think I've been able to manage 20, almost 25 years of depression. Um, I genuinely feel like I'm at my most creative sometimes when I'm at my most depressed. Um, sometimes the depression feels like the, the creativity sometimes feels like the problem solving. It's like when you are trying to think of a word and your brain, well, even if you go to sleep, you could wake up in the middle of the night and it'll have popped into your head because your brain never shuts off for that. Sometimes when it comes to de to depression, my personal depression, I have felt that it is my brain trying to figure something out and then the creativity is me thinking of that word. And so humor is a way of, of dealing with that too. Humor has, you know, I, I, I don't do too much that I consider very serious when it comes to my writing or when I was doing film, when I was working more on filmmaking, nothing is very, uh, none of the stuff that I'm most proud of, at least has been very over dramatic or self-serious. Um, it's important to balance it with levity, even if it's dark levity. Sometimes, most importantly, if it's dark levity, I mean, it's, it's, it is the way I get through the fall. It is the way I get through depression. Um, 
even the episode titles of these. I, I've been trying to be respectful when I'm making these episode titles. When it's a topic that is a little more serious, I've been a little less uh, glib with them. Uh, this one is a serious topic where I don't think like because I'm the only, I don't have a guest that's that's talking. I'm not going to be disrespectful to the guest by naming it something funny. So my plan is in regards to the fact that it is the fall. I hate the fall, and I just happened to have finished the show Lucifer this week. Um, and so it made, it inspired me and this episode will be titled the fallen one in regards to me, um, and my depression. Although to be honest, even in this sense of seasonal depression, I have never, I've never had such good depression in my life. Um, because everything else is working pretty well right now and I've been working hard and being diligent about the depression I can control and I'm out in the sun as much as I can be right now you know to get some of that vitamin d and all the things that need for seasonal depression I'm not as bad on the weekends for sure um but anyway this was a great uh daylight savings episode and um i will talk to you all next week who hopefully i will have a guest um i don't know who that is yet if you have any desire to be a guest please email me at talking about the big stuff at gmail.com oh i just saw we have a new follower on instagram that's cool um i did receive my first piece of fan mail this week and it was from a listener named Matthew, and he wrote, "Wow, that he wrote, wow, that Matthew guy is great. I really like that Matthew guest. Three episodes, he must be the best guest." Which, uh, as you can guess, is the Matthew that was my guest. <laughs> That's the one piece of fan mail I've received so far. Uh, it doesn't have to be fan mail. I don't mean fan. That sounds super ridiculous but mail um it's the only piece of talking about the big stuff mail that i have received that was not like spam from like one of these blog uh blogging sites or whatever i've been like posting stuff anyway have a great week everybody and um try to to not have seasonal depression do what you can and i'll talk to you later